Hey, it's Stu with Bitcoin and Financial Independence, and today might be a little bit different, might be a little bit more technical. Uh, I'm going to cover something that I thought was kind of interesting and confusing for me, and I'm going to try to talk through and explain a few companies, I guess you could say infrastructure, and how they custody your Bitcoin. Now, the safest way to store your Bitcoin is in what's known as cold storage, and especially multi-sig cold storage. I'm probably due for another episode going deeper into that topic. I know I've covered it at times in the past, but uh, it probably needs a refresher and condense some more information that I've come across. But there was something interesting happening. Uh, so on June 7th, this guy named David Bailey puts out a tweet and he says, major custodian about to declare bankruptcy without last minute bailout. Take your Bitcoin off exchanges even Bitcoin-only platforms. So we've seen exchanges like Celsius, Voyager, BlockFi blow up in the last year, and they all offered yield on whatever you put with them and basically ran like fractional reserve banking with your cryptocurrencies, your altcoins, and with your Bitcoin. And when the prices went down and the music stopped and people realized what was going on and left and pulled their money from exchanges, these platforms have collapsed. And this also kind of overlaps with a few interesting things that happened this month where the Securities and Exchange Commission sued Binance and then sued Coinbase. And so I'm going to try to tie in all these things together. But David Bailey putting up this warning about a major custodian about to declare bankruptcy without a last-minute bailout, take your Bitcoin off exchanges, even Bitcoin-only platforms. So that's kind of one of my takeaways that this is changing a little bit, that Bitcoin-only exchanges have been fine for the most part. I haven't heard of any Bitcoin-only exchanges that have failed because they have a completely different business model than listing unregistered securities and charging higher fees. They're a bit more about the slower growth, it seems like, and sustainable growth and things like that. And so they just haven't had these problems promising yield that is unsustainable. Running Ponzi's like FTX literally was a Ponzi and it appears that Binance is too. So a custodian though is not an exchange exactly. And this was something that was really confusing to me because people were speculating if it was Swan. Uh, David Bailey followed us up with another tweet on June 8th. He said, I will say again, anyone who has Bitcoin on any platform needs to withdraw it now. Doesn't matter what they tell you. So this is kind of interesting. And sorry, I didn't say this earlier, but David Bailey is the CEO of Bitcoin Magazine. So he basically put on the Bitcoin conference that I went to. And he also you know, runs Bitcoin Magazine, which is a magazine you can get all about Bitcoin. And it's also an app. You can read a lot of articles there. So interesting that he puts this out. And so I saw in the comments, people frustrated, wondering why he's not saying who it is and speculating if it's Strike, if it's uh, River, if it's Swan. And so what's interesting is that at the time, Swan Bitcoin had been doing a platform upgrade, a platform migration where they were switching custodians. And I wasn't sure how this all tied in, but I saw River jumping in the comments of this post saying it's not them because they have their own infrastructure. And I can go into that a little bit because I got an email on June 13th from River and uh, it was called Rock Solid Reliable River was the subject line. And then the first thing it says is navigating uncertainty. The email says, look, there's a lot going on in the wider crypto market right now regulatory upheaval, exchanges moving custodians, so that's a reference to Swan, altcoins being delisted, and so on. However, there are certain things you can count on. Number one is death and taxes. Number two is 21 million Bitcoin. And number three is River. 
then it has this little graphic of rivers, rock solid infrastructure. They say, because we built our own infrastructure and cold storage custody, nothing has changed for us. With other exchanges going through trials and tribulations, you might know someone looking for a new place to buy and store Bitcoin or purchase hosted miners. So then they go on and want me to refer people to River, basically. And I do really like River. They're a pretty awesome company. So this is interesting because there's this red flag going on with Swan Moving Custodians. And so what I did was I dug around and I was able to find out that Swan had what's known as a qualified custodian and they were using Prime Trust. And I'm now in a Swan Bitcoin Telegram channel uh, with 1,700 other members. It's kind of interesting. Uh, someone is in there and they're posting on June 8th. Would appreciate some clarity on what's going on with Prime Trust and how Swan is affected by the relationship with them or closing the relationship with them. So they are leaving that. And the same day, so actually um, the day after David Bailey put out this warning, so June 8th, once again, Jack Mullers puts out a Twitter post and a blog post in this Twitter thread. And he says, I just published Strike Infrastructure Update. We now serve customers on our own infrastructure. We're proud to offer our own safe and reliable infrastructure to custody our customers' Bitcoin and US dollars. So once again, interesting timing because Swan is leaving Prime Trust. They're moving from Prime Trust. Strike also left Prime Trust to go to their own infrastructure and River was already on their own infrastructure. So I still don't know exactly which exchange David Bailey was talking about because there hasn't been any news of anyone going under, any other exchanges going bankrupt or insolvent or anything. So I'm a little bit confused there, but probably in theory, he's talking about Prime Trust, this qualified custodian that Swan and Strike have both used, but have since left. Uh, Jack goes on to say that because of our infrastructure enhancements, we've also begun rolling out a lot of awesome new features and capabilities that you all have asked for that are now live. Let's go. One of the features is peer-to-peer -peer Bitcoin. Strike users can now peer-to-peer -peer sats, that's Satoshi's unit, smallest unit of Bitcoin, to any other Strike user, including global users in all of our new global markets. So they have gone global and they now serve 3 billion customers across the world, uh, have the potential to use Strike. All Strike users can now configure their account to receive incoming payments as cash or Bitcoin. You can go to your profile settings and select Bitcoin or cash and set how all your incoming payments from your Lightning address, from tips, from peer-to-peer, -peer, and so on will be received. So you can actually use Strike to get tips if you're a content creator. Uh, and then you can also just use it the same way you would use Venmo. And we're going to keep going with what Jack says. Strike users can now pay Lightning invoices with their cash or Bitcoin balances. When you click a Lightning invoice, Strike will ask you which balance you want to spend from. It's pretty cool. I usually prefer to spend my cash and keep my Bitcoin. All Strike users can now finally deposit Bitcoin into their account, both on-chain and via Lightning. Lightning is faster and cheaper, but not everyone that sends Bitcoin is using Lightning, so sometimes you have to use on-chain. Jack also says, we're also now rolling out tiered on-chain payments. Users now have the option to select priority, standard, and flexible when making on-chain payments. So if you need the transaction to go through fast, you might have to pay a higher fee, so you would choose priority. Otherwise, you would choose the standard fee or it can be a flexible fee, which will start with lower fees and hope that it makes it through if you're flexible, if it's not urgent, exactly. Uh, Strike users also have much higher limits and can buy large amounts of Bitcoin with their linked bank account. We're currently testing with users up to $25,000. We'll work our way up to $100,000 per smash buy from a linked bank. The limits must die. 
Let's see, if I look at my Strike app right now, I can only do purchases up to $10,000. So some people are now able to buy up to $25,000 and they're working their way up to $100,000. Uh, he goes on to say, all of this new infrastructure is so exciting for our users, Strike, and our mission. We can now roll out so much at such a fast pace. As you can see from my demos, I'm already on the Strike version that will be shipping tomorrow. Uh, new tabs, navigation, UI, based on your feedback. That's what's going on with Strike. I'll link that Twitter thread as well as his blog post where he goes into that a little bit more. Well, actually, I might read a little bit. Strike, he says, now provides direct Bitcoin custody for all of our users. Before diving into the details, it's important to note that we always encourage and support our users to withdraw their Bitcoin to self-custody. For users that are not quite ready for this or would like to keep an amount of Bitcoin on our platform, and the reason why you would do that is kind of like keeping cash in your wallet. Like if you have $10,000, you don't carry it all with you at the same time, usually, unless you're going to go buy something that costs that much, like a car. Uh, but you might keep $50 to $100 in cash in your wallet uh, just for small payments. And a lot of people do that with apps like Strike or with Swan before they withdraw more. You know, once they reach a certain amount on the exchange that you buy, if you get to $1,000, you might pull 800 of that into cold storage. So anyway, uh, back to this blog post. He says, I want to share more about our Bitcoin custody practices and all that we've built from an infrastructure perspective. When considering Custodying Bitcoin security is paramount. We designed and architected our systems and processes with redundancy in mind, leveraging the benefits of multi-signature vaults and geographically distributed keys, which are encrypted and backed up both physically and digitally to ensure we have no central points of failure. This gives us several advantages from a security perspective to help ensure maximum security. Our keys are stored in different physical locations to ensure that we reduce the surface area of impact of local risks such as natural disasters, fires, or localized political threats. Multi-sig allows us to prevent threats of malicious actors looking to physically compromise the system. If one location's physical key is compromised, other locations' keys remain secure and intact. Malicious actors will have an incomplete set of tools required to compromise the system. And digital backups are encrypted and stored on servers in different locations than our physical keys. All Bitcoin on strike is backed one-to-one. -one. Our users own their entire balance at all times. The majority of the Bitcoin in Strike's custody is kept in cold storage, with a smaller portion reserved in hot wallets for customers' immediate transactional needs. We have robust internal controls in place to ensure your funds are secure. Since embarking on the journey to build all of our own infrastructure, we haven't only built new infrastructure, but we've also been able to build an amazing team of industry experts in engineering, security, DevOps, and legal divisions, respectively. The culmination of all this work ensures we're able to provide solutions directly to you all focused on Bitcoin, all while following best practices across engineering and security. Lastly, transparency is vital to us and Bitcoin at large. We undergo third-party security assessments, including the SOC2 certification, or what's known as SOC2, and conduct regular penetration testing. For those interested in learning more about our security posture, feel free to check out our trust portal, and there's a link there. There's a lot more publicly available information and detail there. Now, that's their Bitcoin custody. They have a whole nother section on their fiat custody. And I'm not going to read this. If you want to read more about this on their blog, I'm going to link this. But this has already gone on longer than I wanted it to with the Strike infrastructure. So just know Strike is doing this. I've explained that. Uh, River is doing something similar. Now, Swan is doing something different. 
They are not doing it in-house. They don't have a ton of developers. They are outsourcing it. So when this one person posted in the Swan Bitcoin channel, I pointed out it's interesting that River already has this and Strike built their own infrastructure. And then Corey posted that having a qualified custodian is the ideal way. I would love to hear more about the pros and cons of using a qualified custodian versus what River and Strike are doing. And obviously, one of the pros and cons is outsourcing a lot of this engineering work. But it was pretty interesting because Corey almost immediately put out a tweet after I posted this. And I think it was in response to my Telegram post. Corey says, it's important that qualified custodians serve Bitcoin companies so that brokerage can be kept separate from custody, as is law for traditional markets. Users of custodians should demand that their assets be kept in bankruptcy remote individual trust accounts. For now, this is best practice, and in the near future, I expect it will become law as a result of the many crypto implosions of 2022. As always, I recommend taking self-custody if you are willing and able. DM me for educational resources and recommendations. And then he goes on in this thread, if your broker is rolling their own custody, make sure they ask these questions. Is it SOC 1 slash SOC 2 audited? So we talked about that with Strike. It's a security audit that you get to make sure that you are following best practice uh, with your security operations. Uh, the next question, is it bankruptcy remote? Does it provide legal title to each customer? Is it under a regulatory framework that will ensure that customers have title to any funds held in their own infrastructure in case of bankruptcy? Is it secured under a large enough security budget? Are you sure their infrastructure is any more sophisticated than a cold card in a founder's basement? And it looks like I actually just am looking at the tweet now, and he linked a blog post from Swan. It's an older blog post, a 17-minute read, so I'm not going to read it. But uh, I will link it. It says, Assessing Risk in Bitcoin Custody by Jan Pritzker. So I'll link that if you want to read this. But anyway, this was all a lot for me to sort through because, like I said, it all kind of started with this rumor from David Bailey. And supposedly the custodian is prime trust that is going bankrupt and they don't have a last minute buyer. Uh, the CEO of that company used to be Scott Purcell. He left that company over two years ago. And he made a new custodian called Fortress. And Swan migrated from Prime Trust to Fortress. Scott Purcell put out a post on LinkedIn. He says, there's lots of noise about Prime Trust, and people are reaching out to me with questions given that I was the founder. It's important to note that when I exited Prime Trust two and a half years ago, stepping away as CEO in January of 2021, it was a profitable company and growing nicely in both the securities and crypto industries. Has that changed, as some social media posts seem to indicate? I've been gone for a long time, so I'm not the guy to ask. Fortress Trust, my trust company subsidiary, is led by Albert, who is a former banking commissioner, Joe, another former banking commissioner, Amanda, a former deputy banking commissioner, and an executive team of career banking professionals. This is a heck of a team running Fortress Trust. There is absolutely zero connection between Fortress Trust and Prime Trust. Quite the opposite, as at times we find ourselves competing with them. We are a very different company from our exec team to our technology infrastructure. So there's that. Again, trying to make sense of this all. Prime Trust having problems, and Swan is leaving them. Strike is leaving them. Swan is moving to Fortress Trust following Scott Purcell, and they also are going with BitGo. So, and then supposedly BitGo 
is going to acquire Prime Trust. So again, kind of interesting. I'm curious to see if there's going to be any more news on this. But on the Swan Signal podcast, they talked about this a little bit. They really were talking about uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission that is suing Binance. Uh, this was streamed 13 days ago. So I guess what? That's like June 6th, I believe. And I wanted to pull this quote from Corey where he goes a little bit more into this custodian thing. He says this, and I'm going to paraphrase some and directly quote other parts, but he says, the separation of the brokerage from custody is how traditional financial world has worked forever. And that's essentially because the information asymmetry between the venue where you're buying and selling is so great, you just wouldn't have any sort of way to tell what they're doing with your funds. And so separating that, making another company actually custody the securities or custody the commodities is how it's worked in the USA and any other developed financial market for decades, if not centuries. The reason that you keep on seeing these crypto casinos blow up and take everybody's funds is because they don't have separation of custody and brokerage. We set it up the right way from the get-go at Swan, which is with separation of custody and brokerage. We can't touch user funds here. That's not to say, by the way, that you can't do it, at least on that aspect, right as a crypto company. Like you absolutely could create a trust company separate from the exchange. Let's say if you're a Coinbase and you custody the user funds both legally and physically separate from the exchange with this trust company, right? The legally thing is really important as well. That's why you keep on hearing things about a qualified custodian. That means that if the exchange goes bankrupt and even if the trust company that's holding your funds goes bankrupt, it's legally segregated and separated. And it is your dollars and it is your Bitcoin. And that's why we set it up that way. It's the right way to set things up. And anybody that doesn't have things set up that way is exposing you to risk that you really shouldn't bear. And it's also exposing their entire platform and their company to the risk of regulation that I think is certain to come down the pipe in the next couple of years. Okay, that's the end of what Corey has to say on that. Uh, I'll link that swan signal uh, about the time this quote starts and this topic comes up. But there is a lot of he said, she said out there uh, as far as this qualified custodian and this in-house infrastructure. It's interesting to me to see two companies that I really like that are Bitcoin only, Strike and Swan, both leaving Prime Trust, one to their own infrastructure, similar to River, and one to a new custodian. Now let's look at the CEOs of Strike and Swan. The CEO of Strike is 29. He's in Chicago, which is a big financial hub. Uh, smart guy. He's very young, though, The, which is interesting to me. The CEO of Swan, I believe, is mid-40s. And let me just look at his LinkedIn profile here. He used to work at Morgan Stanley uh, doing high net worth private client marketing, also doing management consulting for McKinsey and private equity consulting management consulting for several companies, um, strategy and operations of large client sales at Google, and a chief revenue officer. But anyway, out of all these, what stands out to me is the time he spent at McKinsey and some of these other companies. Uh, I think Corey is quite a bit of experience when it comes to financial stuff, uh, just with the traditional financial world. And it seems like he's kind of set Swan up in a similar way as what Fidelity and what Vanguard are set up with qualified custodians. So if I had to choose, I think Swan, in a way, is probably legally safer. But of course, I think the safest way to store your Bitcoin is through multi-signature self-custody. 
And again, I need to uh, go into that more, maybe even make a YouTube video on that or something that's a little bit more visual. Although BTC Sessions has a great channel on YouTube for that stuff. Anyway, I know this is probably a pretty boring episode. That's just what all the chatter has been about, at least uh, earlier in June, a couple weeks ago. Uh, now, I will say this. Uh, Corey has also gone on record saying that they're tripling their sales team and they have 15x their marketing budget, their marketing spend, because now that Binance and Coinbase, two huge exchanges, uh, I believe Binance is the biggest exchange in the world. If they get taken down in the US, like there's a big hole there and Swan wants to step up and step into that place. And I think they have a really good chance of doing that. So, so they are trying to take advantage and grow things at Swan Bitcoin. Uh, and like I said, I'm a big fan of them just because they're huge focus on education and providing you with research and providing you with information so that you can be in control and not have to trust them with your Bitcoin. Um, although I think how they have it set up is pretty good at this point. So anyway, that's my take on everything. And there's a lot more I want to get into. Uh, lots of news coming out in the last week with, with BlackRock and other things. And I didn't even get into the, the Binance lawsuit. But just to touch on that, you know, they have done a lot of things wrong from trading against their clients to massive commingling of funds. Uh, there was a yacht that someone bought probably with uh, funds that they shouldn't have, um, not registering and setting up their uh, Binance.us website. You know, it actually really wasn't separate from the Chinese company, Binance.com. Binance US was, was not set up correctly. So Lots of issues there with Binance. And then obviously there's the Coinbase lawsuit that came up next. So uh, so we'll have to get into that next time. But just to make sure if you need help uh, self-custodying your Bitcoin, check out BTC Sessions or shoot me an email on my website and I can try to get on a call and walk you through it. Always happy to help with stuff like that. Uh, sometimes it's good to have someone show you how to do it uh, and just talk you through step by step how to how to get it done. So. With that, remember, financial independence is doable. Take your Bitcoin off exchange. Hold your own keys. Be self-sovereign. Be your own bank. Remember that with Bitcoin, financial independence is doable. And I'll be back with you soon.